I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It's the 8th of March 2023. This is the COB, the stuff you need to know about the day in business and markets. I'm Nadine Blaney here with Kyle Rada. Kyle, I feel as if we're sort of licking some wounds uh, as we as we close this session. Yeah, I suppose the, um, I guess, hope for more dovish RBA policy was dashed pretty quickly by uh, its uh, bigger brother there in the United States, the US Federal Reserve. Um, obviously still focused very much on sending the message that it's taking inflation seriously and I don't care about your equity portfolio uh, in trying to get it down. So uh, here we are once again. The story hasn't changed. Yeah, and the futures are still coming under pressure. They were through most of this Asian session. It was interesting to listen to some of the RBA governor's comments this morning. So saying that, as we know, the headlines have all been written. You know, they're closer to a pause if the data proves to warrant it and pointed out that we'll get an inflation read jobs data before the next meeting. Um, Really, really emphasizing that it's data dependent. But I also thought it was interesting to hear him say that, uh, yes, they do look at what's happening in the United States as a cautionary tale, meaning, you know, the economy is still going strong, which inspired some of those comments coming from the Fed Chair Jerome Powell, but also went to pains to point out that there are different dynamics here in Australia, you know, unemployment rate, are very low, lots of people back in the jobs market, participation rate, women, young people in the jobs market. Also reference that mortgage cliff, you know, really saying that there are a whole lot of Australians that have these variable mortgage rates looming, which is just not what it's like in the state. So really, you know, saying that, that the experience here is different. But to your point, you can't fight the Fed, not even mm-hmm. if you're the RBA governor, Phil Lowe. No, in fact, it is a good point. It's a discussion I had with Kelly Wood this afternoon from uh, Schroeder's, and uh, obviously I enjoy talking fixed income when we get the opportunity. But um, uh, speaking first and foremost just about the different transmission mechanisms and, again, a shameless plug, I kind of wrote about it a little bit too in a, in a view a few weeks ago where, I mean, the textbooks say that interest rate policy works a particular way, but across economies and across different times, um, so different contexts, uh, policy can work in different ways and, and as, as we often quote, with long and variable lags. So um, it, it, it makes for a very interesting situation because I think the message out of the Fed last night is that it's um, certainly not wanting to have to repeat the mistakes of the past and we, we keep sort of pointing back to the late 70s and early 80s and, and um, the entrenchedness, which is, I guess, not a word, but of inflation back then. The stickiness is the word mm-hmm. uh, of inflation back then. Whereas, you know, the RBA in the last 24 hours has almost gone to pains to emphasize that it wants to be a little bit more balanced. That it didn't use the word, the phrase this time around, but it's that even keel notion of balancing risks to, to inflation and growth as well. But overall, when it comes to risk assets, it's, it's the Fed that wins the day and um, they've got their inflation fighting capes on. They do. They do, and for good reasons. Um, look, if you'd like to 
hear what Marcus Padley's take is on that, the wall of worry, which is this peacockishness uh, coming from some of these central bankers. You can listen via the show notes. He talks stocks. He talks sectors. We've also got a link to Karen Juritsma, who is the head of Aussie equities at RBC Capital Markets. Still saying, you know, now the dust is settled. Now reporting season is over. What do we like? Sectors, stocks. Interesting to note, she's cautiously optimistic. She reckons that corporate Australia is still in pretty good shape. Now, we also have an interview that you can listen to with Simon Kahn from Investors Mutual. So in the small cap space, he agreed that, you know, a lot of the companies that they are interested in are getting back to business. Now, it's not exactly what he said. It's more that the half was... Yeah, after such a disrupted two years that, you know, businesses are getting on with it and getting back to sort of some level of normalcy in their business. So he names three small caps that he reckons still has plenty of upside. Um, But now that we're on equities, um, Mm -hmm. so the S&P ASX 200 was down by close to eight tenths of a percent. So off the lows of the day, 7,309, let's call it that. So snapping that four day, that four-day winning streak. Bit quiet out there on the corporate front, isn't it? Mm, yeah, we've definitely had, I guess, the um, storm pass and we're kind of just trying to pick through um, the, I want to say rubble, but that's not the term. We're trying to pick through the details now. And that's that's a conversation I actually had today. We had um, uh, Robert Gregory back on from Glenmore Asset Management and he wanted to share three stocks that he has in his portfolio at the moment that he quite liked in terms of uh, the way they reported in, in mm-hmm. February. So there's a lot of those kind of retrospective conversations going on right now. We're still obviously getting broken notes out and a lot of companies going ex-dividend, I suppose we'll chuck yeah, in. But obviously true. a big weight on the market today was Woodside. It was down by 7.5% and we've got all the, you know, that, that was because it went ex-dividend. But there is, there's a lot of post-mortems, I think, um, going on. And I mean, it's a cliche. Um, I've used it before. I think we've all used it before. Guests, you know, hurl it out as well. But you get that sense that everyone thinks this is a stock picker's market. And overall, everyone's feeling a little bit cautious towards equities. Um, But there's certainly some high conviction buyers out there that people are willing to, you know, really throw their weight behind, especially off the back of the results that we received in Feb. Yeah, well, I mean, when there's a regime change, when, you know, fundamentally things are changing as they are with rising rates after a period of, you know, free money, uh, there will be some missteps made by companies, some big share price falls, but that in and of itself sometimes provides the opportunity, right? If you're looking at fundamentals. Um, look, energy was hit today. I still think that the market is digesting as well. That pretty pretty tepid growth target that was set by China on the weekend. So we're watching that. We're watching you know, the US dollar index. It's trading just under 106. Um, yeah. you know, so that US dollar strength story is back, highest level in two months. Two-year treasury yield rising above 5% in the Asian session. Uh, that's, since July 2007. Yeah, that's um, it's pretty punchy. So those are all the dynamics that we're yeah. watching as we and move. And the 10-2 spread, I just thought I'd say trivia is fun, right? Yeah. 10-2 spread at a 41-year low. Yeah, so crazy. steepest inversion since, again, the Volcker years and... Yeah, that's sign of a uh, recession. Um, one just corporate news that I thought we should mention is mm. car sales. Car sales looking to raise capital to increase its stake in a Brazilian business, which it already owns some of. Look, uh, that was the stock of the day today on the call. My guests, Andrew Whiteland from DP Wealth Advisory and Henry Jennings from Marcus today, both agree it's a really well-run company. They're executing on strategy. The international plans are going well, but there's a but. Take a listen. As far as they're concerned, you know, volume is good, activity is good. Whether you're trading up or trading down, that is good. So I think this is a good deal for the market. 
the market will like this deal. Uh, 70% is better than 30%, and I think they've paid a reasonable price for it. So uh, ticks lots of boxes. But would you buy carsales.com today? I don't, know about, I don't know about buy, but certainly hold. And in a market that's drifting lower um, and, and seems to want to go lower, I think this one will be a, a rock in a sea of troubled waters. So it's definitely a hold. But given that it's at a 10% discount to the last market price, it's not unreasonable to think that some shareholders could in fact sell some of their shares, subject to what price it comes back on at, and use those funds to help finance the buy at 19.95 with no brokerage, heaven forbid. So um, from my point of view, that is the only reason why, you know, the market just needs to sort of get um, used to that indigestion. The deal will fly out the door uh, because it is very well priced. Management have got a great track record and they're pretty smart, Nadine. They don't just go in and buy something straight off the bat. They sort of take a minority mm -hmm. stake, see what it's about and then go and buy it. So great business, but it is a hold. Okay, so that was the stock of the day. Again, you know, solid hold. And they just both reckon there's a little bit of digestion to go through because of this acquisition, but both sounded at least supportive of management and its strategy going forward. So mix a lot. Yeah. Um, recommendation, a, a big butt. <laughs> we can edit that out. Yeah, I get it. I don't know if all our listeners will, but whatever. Um, <laughs> so that that was uh, car sales was in a trading halt today. So that explains uh, the no share price movement off the back of that news. We'll see what happens when it gets back up online. Um, look, talking about looking forward, shall we? Mm. Let's look ahead to what we're expecting tonight. We are getting in that period pre. US jobs. So we'll get the ADP report tonight, that private sector report. Yes. Scotty's favorite time of the month. Yeah, it completely failed to pick up that huge surprise that we got in January in the in the official data. So we'll see. We'll see what happens this time around. We get Jolt's job openings. Ooh, They're expected to fall. We get Federal Reserve Chair Powell delivering the second day of the semi-annual testimony before the House Financial Services Committee. Richmond Fed President Barkin will be speaking. And in Europe, we are expecting to get a final estimate of fourth quarter GDP. So there's lots on tonight. And uh, not to forget, uh, the Homeland Bank of Canada also <gasps> meeting as well. I know you'll be staying up for that. How could I forget? Um, I know. Yeah. Uh, uh, 4.5% forecast. So uh, actually expect it to hold rates steady. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I haven't dug into that one too deeply in terms of uh, previews, but there you go. Not expected to change rates. Well, they're starting to see slowing in the data there, but I do have a friend back home who is a real estate agent Oof. and she just posted her latest sale. It was sold above asking price, multiple offers in her sense is that the market, the housing market is picking up there. The Bank of Canada won't like that, you know? No, I, I just, I don't know. I just think it's just Canadian stereotype jokes that I could possibly <laughs> do. Just like, I don't know, just imagine beavers buying a million dollar. Um, oh, no, they just say, sorry. Oh, sorry, I outbid you. No, they I'm don't so bid. Auctions are very, there's not a lot of... Not a lot of auctions happen in Canada. Yeah, it's, right. it's um too cold for most of you, surely. <laughs> well, part of whoever part survives of the, the process gets the yeah. house. Yeah. Um. Anywho. Yeah. <laughs> we do digress. Um. So look, it was a negative session, down by zero point seven seven percent to be exact. Uh, there will be still plenty of discussion about rates tomorrow. I can guarantee you that. Still plenty of discussion here about stocks. Look, there's so much to catch up with online. If you haven't, uh, Kyle, you did a stellar 
edition of the trade today, oh. trades in the energy sector. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of stock picks there. And uh, yeah, we've got some analysis on the big picture about the Fed and what it should do in terms of quantitative tightening. Remember? Quantitative tightening, yes. monetary policy tools of all types are uh, really sort of front and center right now as central banks get their acts together. A short potty is a good potty sometimes, Kyle. We've I, we've been dealing with you know drama around the trains here in Sydney, so it's a it's a pretty quiet <laughs> out there in the office. nights with the hot weather as well. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, I, yeah, working on the the, the, the stench and rag at the moment. All right. Um, look, have a good night. You too. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.